everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Vineyard. You guys can have a seat. So glad that you're joining us today. It's Partnership Sunday, which means it's a little bit out of the ordinary. But one of the questions you might be asking yourself is why isn't Amos wearing his 49ers jersey? If you know say, me, can we name what's out of the ordinary? Well, I'm wearing on right now. I'm wearing okay. these socks. Oh. Uh, but I, I have been a 49ers fan since I was in the fifth grade. And some of you know that, well, you maybe don't have, wouldn't know this, but they haven't won a Super Bowl since I was in the fourth grade. So I've never wow. actually seen it happen. But you wanted to name something? No, I just, you said it was out of the ordinary because it was Partnership Sunday, and I thought, this. Well, this I, don't, I don't know. It's one of these things you know if you know. Okay. okay. But uh, I'm from Iowa also. Brock Purdy and George Kittle, who are the 49ers, quarterback and tight end, tight end. also from Iowa. From and Iowa. I, I'm, well, I don't know. they played for Iowa teams. Uh, no, but let's not get into the okay, minutia okay. of that. <laughs> Why digress? They did play okay. for Iowa teams, sorry. Yeah, um, Brock Purdy played for Iowa State. That was you're my, right. you're my right. team. Uh-huh. And Kittle's Iowa. For University of Iowa. Go Hawks. We were both from Iowa. So, Okay, <laughs> what I really want to make sure everybody understands is that we are raising our children to be Eagles fans. They are... <laughs> I was not they're, expecting they're that. They're people like, of the city, uh, but we are also raising them to love, not hate. So they're supporting me today, and I hope, too, that it, if you're not going to support me, at least love Aww, me Okay. Uh, for who I am, which is a good segue into what our mission is here at the Vineyard Chester Springs, which is to love like Jesus. That's like the thing that identifies people who follow Jesus, at least according to Jesus, where uh, unfortunately sometimes the things that followers of Jesus are known for are what they stand against or what they hate, but we're trying to keep our eyes on Jesus here. But as, as I was about to say before that little segue, one of our traditions on Partnership Sunday is to celebrate people who have shown exceptional service and commitment to our church. So Allison is going to Take it from there. Do that. Okay, great. I don't have a Niners jersey or any Niners garb. If you saw my cute kiddos in the lobby today, Aviva has a football jersey on, and she was, like, actually tapping her chest when we put it on, which was really funny. Like, she knew, like, I'm supposed to hype up with this. This is funny. But this is my best attempt to kind of have Niners colors. So I am in solidarity with my family for this. But anyway, um, it is really fitting that today's Partnership Sunday that uh, we're talking about kind of what it means to be on a team. And I love, love, love giving out game balls uh, because, I mean, just as I look around this room, I see so much faithfulness. I see so much servant-heartedness. I see so much generosity. Um, and so there's a lot of people who I could mention with these game balls today. But we um, just intentionally every year pray and let God kind of bring to mind some folks that we can really celebrate and highlight for their, um, yeah, that, that really they, to me, kind of embody who we're all trying to become 
as followers of Jesus. And so that is my mysterious target bag up here. Uh, that's what's in here. So the first game ball, I need a Vanna White. Not that one, not that one, this one. Okay, and Amos, you gonna be my runner? Yep, sure. Okay, first game ball is going to Shane and Tracy Hess. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> Shane's back, oh, okay. That's very expensive uh, sound equipment back there. I was like, actually, wow, I'm actually having a little bit of a panic. Like, do not throw that <laughs> football in the sound at my booth, soundboard. In case. Okay, yeah, Shane's back in the, in the sound booth. So, yay, guys, we love you so much. And uh, the word that comes to mind when I think about you both, I've shared this with you recently, is just fortitude. Uh, just the immense strength that it takes to show up day in and day out, week in and week out, and to say, I am sticking with Jesus, I'm sticking with community through really, really hard times and really, really joyous times. Um, so that's what I see in both Shane and Tracy. Um, in particular, gosh, they are life group leaders, longtime life group leaders, and also, um, to me, just embody what it means to continue to love our neighbors, to serve the marginalized, to serve people who are underrepresented. Uh, they do great work. Um, in the Native American community, and uh, I just, I just love that heart. So thank you guys for being faithful, for leading through hard things. Um, yeah, we just love you so much. So, all right, yes, another round of applause. You got it. You're ready. So so good. Okay, next game ball goes to Eric and Lumi Nichols. Woo! Stand up, Eric and Lumi. Yay! <laughs> stand up. Stand up, stand up. Okay, that's Eric and Lumi. Awesome. So great. Um, gosh, the word that comes to mind for you guys is, is servant-heartedness. Um, I just have seen, since you have come to this church, uh, your yes to just step in where you're needed. Like, there is just such a heart to say, what do you need done? Who, who needs help? Let us help, right? Um, Beyond just cooking amazing food, which they do, uh, gosh, Eric, you serve in our kids' ministry, you serve on our sound team, um, you're just, and you guys both stepped in together to lead a life group when really the group was leaderless for a moment, right? And we said, we need someone to, to help carry this thing forward. And you said, yes. You sat on my couch. I remember that, that moment and said, yes, we will do this. So... Um, just cheers to you guys. Lumi, I love your heart for the nations. I love that you keep that in front of us, that this story that we have is like not just for us here. Um, it goes out. And yeah, I also just love, uh, Eric, your heart for kids. I mean, I, I, from the moment I met you, you were carrying someone else's baby around. Like I would see, because I remember thinking like, I got to meet this guy. Why is there always this guy who has a different baby every time I walk by on a Sunday morning and, it, and it's you. And so just the smiles that you bring, the love that you bring to people who um, would not get noticed otherwise. Like, I just love that. So bless you guys. Thanks for being with us. All right. Our final game ball is going to Andy Engelman. Andy, would you stand up? Oh gosh. Andy, so much I could say. So much I could say. Um, the words that come to mind for you are humility and passion. And uh, I just, I see in Andy just a humble spirit, a spirit of like, gosh, I don't, 
I, I can't believe I get to do this life. I, I hear him say that all the time. I can't believe I get to. I can't believe that God would be so generous and so kind to me. And obviously, you see him up here leading worship. He leads worship here on Sundays. Um, you've just brought such a breath of fresh air to our leadership team in, in the worship area. And I know every time I get done talking to you or hanging out with you, I just think, like, I want to be closer to Jesus. So you just have that effect that it's oozing out on people, and it is serving us so, so well um, as we just want to seek to do that more and more. So you see Andy doing that. He also leads worship for his life group. He also helps with the youth, which is not a small thing either. They're amazing youth. Um, so you see him there. But yeah, we just bless that in you, Andy, and thank you for leading us. So would you guys stand up? We're going to read from Matthew 11. These are words that Jesus gives to us. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there quickly, but I won't give you very much time to do so. Uh, this is a very famous passage, though. You've probably heard it before, and it's fitting today as we talk about partnership, what it means to take on uh, the way of Jesus, really, uh, but also as we look at the invitation of Jesus. So we stand because we trust the Bible, but also to honor the one who is pursuing us through these words, which is God who loves us. So in Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So come Holy Spirit, we pray that you would meet us with these words, with your invitation, that you would lift us up if we are heavy, burdened, if we are weary, if we are weighed down, that you would pour out your rest into our hearts today. Amen. You guys can have a seat. As you know, I am admitting to reading Dave Grohl's memoir, although not admitting to recommending it. Uh, and this will be the last week I use him for a little while, because next week we're talking about... Uh, it, series on, we're talking about women in leadership, and I don't know that he has a lot to say about that uh, in the church. But uh, as many of you already know, he was the drummer for Nirvana, the lead singer for the Foo Fighters, and he tells a story of doing a, uh, a concert benefit for Hurricane Sandy at Madison Square Gardens. And in his words, he says that the Mount Rushmore of rock and roll came to perform. People like Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones, the Who, Roger Waters, and countless other household names. And he's asked if he would come and take some pictures with some of the big donors before the concert. And he says, oh, sure, why not? And he says, I walk in surprised to find that only two of the performers, of the other performers, standing at opposite ends of the space are in the room. One had the shiny appearance of a brand new luxury car perfectly dyed hair, spray tan, and a recently refurbished smile that had the look of a fresh box of chiclets. 
an obvious attempt at fending off the aging process, which ultimately had the adverse effect, giving the appearance of an old wall with too many layers of paint. He doesn't name who he's talking about, but you, you ha maybe have someone in mind. The, the other corner of the room, the other person in the other corner of the room, had the appearance of a vintage, burned-out hot rod. Wiry gray hair, deep lines carved into a scowl, teeth that could have belonged to George Washington, and a black t-shirt that hugged a barrel-chested frame so tightly, you immediately knew that this was someone who did not live for other people's approval. I had to edit that <clears throat> line. Epiphany may seem cliche, but in a flash, I saw my future. I decided right then and there that I would become the latter, that I would celebrate the ensuing years by embracing the toll they'd take on me, that I would aspire to become the rusted out hot rod, no matter how many jump starts I might require along the way. Not everything needs a shine after all. If you leave a, do you know how to say that word? Pelham? Blue Gibson, Trini Lopez guitar. This is not the language that I speak. If you leave, if you leave a nice guitar, <laughs> the nicest of guitars in the case for 50 years, it will look like it was just delivered from the factory. But if you take it in your hands, show it the sun, let it breathe, sweat on it, and play it, over time the finish will turn a unique shade, and each instrument ages entirely differently. To me, that is beauty. Not the gleam of prefabricated perfection, but the road-worn beauty of individuality, time, and wisdom. You probably know what I'm talking about here. Jesus' invitation is to those who are weary and heavy laden, those who have been taken out of the box, who have lived their life without trying to hide what's really going on inside. Here at the Vineyard, we embrace the vulnerability of showing each other who we really are, not pretending to be, well, something that we're not, to be more put together than we really are. And I think the real lesson here in Jesus' invitation, according, or at least in terms of who we are, is that we don't have it together. Pretending fools ourselves and maybe a few other people for a while but in order to actually, deeply respond to the invitation of Jesus, we must come to terms with the fact that we are imperfect, that we are worn out, that we cannot put together the kind of spiritual resume that will find us fulfilled without the grace and the love or the invitation of Jesus. And so Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. And here at the Vineyard, we often use this picture of the bounded set versus the centered set to talk about just how many of us are coming from different places toward the invitation. So the bounded set is one way to think about how people are categorized. Like if you're a member of the YMCA, you behave, you pay your fees, uh, and then you can belong to the YMCA. And some churches operate this way too. In the move, in the uh, the centered set, we look at movement direction toward a center that we would say is Jesus. And so, on Partnership Sunday, we're simply saying we're all moving toward Jesus from different places, and all of us 
from time to time, and maybe day by day, we'll find that the arrow of our hearts and the arrow of our lives starts to turn a little bit off center. And so there's an invitation today through the recommitment uh, to recalibrate, to, in the Bible's words, to repent, to say yes to Jesus again. I am committed to you and I am committed to your ways. So Jesus here uses a metaphor after he says, come to me, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am gentle and humble of heart. Now, the yoke, as many of you know, is a metaphor uh, that many Jewish rabbis would have taken, but it's a metaphor that refers to what you would put on cattle or oxen to pull a plow. Uh, and so, in reality, the yoke is not what makes the, the burden. It's what you're trying to pull with that yoke. Uh, in, the, in this metaphor, it's the plow. But the, the yoke is, in, in Jesus' words, connected to him. And the yoke itself, uh, which is used to describe the teachings or the ways of the rabbi, is the teachings or the ways of Jesus. It is the teachings of Jesus that connect us to the person of Jesus. And the partnership document is really our way of trying to simplify, summarize, uh, describe what those teachings are and how it will impact the way that we live our lives. So on the one hand, these statements are pretty simple. And on the other hand, they are lived out in every relationship, in the way we relate to God and the way we relate to other other people and the way we live every single day. We never outgrow them. Uh, but, it, but it's a commitment. It's saying yes to something that maybe wouldn't come naturally to who we are. And I, I want Allison to speak just a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so in just a minute, we'll hear in some of your own words, uh, what we're saying yes to, what it means to say, I'm going to do life and follow Jesus with these people, with this family in this moment for this year at Vineyard Chester Springs. Um, and there are invitations. There are invitations around loving God, loving each other, and loving yourself. Um, and I, I just want you to hear that it really is invitational. This is not uh, the church leadership mandating, requiring that you do these things. This is an invitation to become a certain type of person. And it's our best attempt to put language around who we see Jesus being. And then because we are his children, we also get to become that kind of person. And, and I just want to name that I think in the current culture, uh, committing to anything is rare. I think that we have normalized and rationalized not keeping our word so much so that when someone actually gives their word and then follows through, we're a little surprised sometimes, to be honest. This has just become uh, the norm. We like to sweep things under the rug when we don't keep our word, right? Because we don't want to sit in the discomfort of looking at our own deficits. But just like Amos said, we cannot uh, build the kind of life that we want without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and without Jesus. Um, and so 
this is a chance for you to give your word. And if you've been through Emotionally Focused, this will all sound familiar. Um, this is one of the, the main tenets that we're looking at is becoming people of integrity. And we get that from God, the creator, who actually spoke things into existence with his words. God could have made things happen any other way, but he chose to speak and then things happen. And because we are in his image, because we are becoming like him, our words have power too. We would like to believe that it doesn't actually really matter what I say, um, but I think that this is really an opportunity for us to look at what do I want to give my word to? What's the kind of person I want to become? And, and it's really popular right now to say, and maybe some of you are thinking in this moment, well, I know how to be a person of integrity. I know how to work this out. There's a, there's a workaround. I just won't give my word to things because then I don't ever have to be wrong or then I don't ever have to let somebody down. And I would just say that is one way to have integrity, to not ever give your word. Um, but I think we are calling all of us together to give our word, to realize we're not actually going to keep it perfectly. But then here's the real beauty of this. We get to practice apologizing, cleaning up our mess, and being people who forgive. And it just strikes me that, that if our whole community would do this on the regular, it would actually change our families and our workplaces and our cities. Because it is, like I said, it's so shocking when I've gone to somebody and said, hey, I wasn't the person I wanted to be in that moment. And here's, here's the person I think God is calling me to become. And would you forgive me and tell me the impact of that? on you that I didn't keep my word. That is powerful. It's really, really powerful. So you could not give your word, but I think uh, you would also live a small life. Your, your life would be small because Jesus has given us his word, and we also get to attach our yes to his yes. That's what you're doing when you're saying, I'm, I'm living a life of formation. I will go this direction. I will become this kind of person. Because ultimately, the whole Christian faith is based on us believing and trusting that God is a God that keeps his word. He said that he would send his son to rescue us and give us a life of eternal flourishing and happiness and joy and love in his presence. And we actually are all uh, putting our hope in the fact that he's going to make good on his word and that Jesus will come back again and make all things right. And so... Uh, yeah, that's a big deal. I could go on and on because I just get really jazzed about this. But I, I would rather be somebody who gives my word, fails, cleans up my mess, and says, I'm going to stay committed to doing this rather than say, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if I can, can do that. So, Thank you. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's not easy. And I don't think Jesus is saying that you're not going to face hard things when he says, my yoke is easy. <laughs> uh, or that you won't suffer, or that you won't have integrity gaps that you have to repent of. Um, I think he's saying something pretty different. I think he's saying that my yoke will lift you up. <laughs> uh, that because you're connected to me, it, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I'm with you in this. That my yoke is actually the way I designed your life to work. And so that's, that's why we say yes to it. And there will be an opportunity to sign uh, a frame. It's actually in the back this year. We used to always do it in the front. 
And I, I don't know why. This year we're putting it in the back that you'll be able to sign during worship. We're going to play a little video now where the, the partnership agreement is read. But if, if you want to, if this is a new document for you, you could go to our website too, csvineyard.org, and you can scroll down and find the partnership uh, link. Or if look in the menus, you can, you can read it on our website if you want to if you have a hard time taking it in. But I, do, I don't think we're asking anything beyond the, the basic teachings of Jesus. And there's, well, it's written right in there. There's, there's grace. We don't keep these commitments perfectly. But we, we, re, we recommit and we keep saying yes. So uh, let's show the video. I am committed to our mission to love like Jesus. I am committed to our mission to love like Jesus. I am committed to our mission to love like Jesus. I am committed to our mission to love like Jesus. I am committed to our mission to love like Jesus. At the Vineyard Chester Springs, partnership is based on honest intentions, grace, love, and mutual respect. We don't want to micromanage each other's lives. We trust one another to keep our commitments consistently, not perfectly. We celebrate the mystery that despite our diversity and brokenness, it is by grace that we are all part of Jesus' body. We believe commitment to a local church is an important step in your spiritual journey. It is our way of saying, this is who we are, and your opportunity to say, yes, I'm in. I am committed to love God. 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 I trust Jesus to be the Lord of my life. This means I give up control and instead follow His Spirit and His desires for every aspect of my being. I will participate regularly in weekend services to cultivate spiritual health through hearing, reading God's Word, worship, prayer, and relationships. I'm committed to developing a lifestyle characterized by financial generosity. I will faithfully give to my church. I will prayerfully seek God's guidance about giving a percentage of income and give sacrificially whenever God stirs me to give to additional needs or opportunities. I will find a place to serve at the vineyard in a group or on a Sunday. When I need help finding my place on the team, I will take initiative. I'm committed to love people. I'm committed to love people. I am committed to love people. I'm committed to love people. I'm committed to love people. I will engage in authentic relationships both during and beyond Sunday service. I will let others into my life and in turn help carry their burdens. I will seriously consider joining a life group. I will help create a culture of radical welcome by choosing to withhold judgment, assumptions about people's behavior and motivation. I will make the first move to pursue reconciliation when relationships break down. I will think the best of others and offer forgiveness to those who hurt or betray me. I will embrace the pain of loving people over the temptation to withdraw or express my feelings in passive aggressive ways like gossip and slander even if it involves the vineyard's leadership. I will intentionally invest in friendships with people who are not connected to a church. With those who are not yet following Jesus, I will show integrity, not hiding who I am, nor what God is doing in my life. 
I'm committed to love myself. I'm committed to love myself. I'm committed to love myself. I am committed to love myself. I will base my identity in God's unconditional love and not on my performance or ability to earn God's favor. I will grow in self-awareness by paying attention to my inner life so that it is shaped more and more by Jesus and His love. I am committed to self-care as a way to value myself like God does. I will work towards setting healthy boundaries in my life and take seriously the command to rest or Sabbath each week. I will journey towards becoming whole in my mind, body, and emotions. Rather than make excuses for my shortcomings, I will be honest about my flaws, hang-ups, brokenness, and invite Jesus into them. I want to say yes to those things. And I don't have time to go line by line through each statement today. I just want to reemphasize the invitation of Jesus. Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You wouldn't necessarily expect Jesus to offer a yoke, a working tool to people that are weary and heavy burdened. You might think that he would offer them a mattress. Uh, but that's, that's where we, we get it backwards. Uh, because as Americans, I think, we're much better at relaxing than we are at rest. So rest is something, a heart at rest is something you can have even in the middle of conflict, even in the middle of working. And Jesus is saying, there's actually something to saying yes, to, conf- to, to setting boundaries in your life that gives you freedom. Because when you say yes to something, when you give your commitment to someone, whether it be a friendship or a marriage, you're actually saying no to a lot of other things. And a lot of other things will beckon you. A lot of other things in life will say, come to me. Make me the most important thing. So I will, I will freely admit in middle school, my self-esteem was tied to how the 49ers played. And I'm not sure that, I'm sure that's not the case for anybody in this room in regards to any other football team that I won't bring up today because I know it's painful for you guys. <laughs> But like, watch where your self-esteem goes. Like, when things change, when things don't go well, pay attention to how your view or vision of life might be attached to things other than Jesus. Because things will invite you. Politicians will invite you to come to them. And you'll, you'll feel anxiety and fear because you've come and you've taken on their yoke and their values and their vision for the good life. But Jesus, Jesus can be trusted. Jesus' love will never fail. Jesus is a person of perfect integrity, of perfect love, of perfect truth, and of perfect power. 
And he comes to us. Isn't that the amazing thing? He invites us to come to him, but first he comes to us. He invites us to carry his yoke, but first he carries our yoke. The yoke of human frailty, of accusation, of betrayal, of abandonment. He carries all these things. And he comes to us and says, follow me. To love God, to love people, and even to love ourselves is the invitation. And so there, there are things under each one of those headings, like to, to declare Jesus as Lord of your life, as your king, as the center. Like that is something we all live into and will never outgrow of. Things like financial generosity, it's a discipleship issue. Like, yes, the church needs money, but your heart needs generosity or else what? Your heart grows smaller, stingier. And I will say, I want to celebrate, uh, at the end of last year, we said, we, the church is not so sure that the finances are headed in a good direction. And he responded, People changed their monthly giving. People gave extra. Like, the church is in a much better place today. The financial report for uh, January just came out. I, I was floored. Jesus wants our hearts not to weigh them down, not to give us a walk on easy street, but so that he can be with us, so that we can be free, so that we can find our rest in him. The commands of Jesus and how we love people, like not to triangulate, not to gossip, not to slander, this actually takes work because you'll find people saying things about others that are just unkind <laughs> and they'll try to pull you in and to say, I'm not really comfortable with this conversation. It's, it feels risky to, to love yourself does not actually mean to be selfish or to worship yourself. It means to stand in the knowledge that I am loved by God and to live out of that freedom, to set boundaries, to realize our limits. You know, people who only give and give and give and give and give, who think that they can solve everybody else's problems, it's actually idolatry. They're, they're, they themselves put themselves in God's place to say, I can fix their, your problems. I can... I can we, we can believe that I'm the one who keeps the world spinning. And so it's actually out of a love for self and a love for God that we can pour out our love for others. And so we do that in the context of community. We do that in the context of mission, where if you, if you look at Jesus, he's investing in people who wouldn't be in church on a Sunday morning. He's giving his friendship to people. And he's not hiding who he is. He's not hiding the fact that he has a special relationship with God and that his whole life, his whole ministry, everything he does flows out of that relationship. So, so our love for people goes outside the church. And I want to invite Steph up to just share a little bit about one of the ways that we invest in our communities and in the world. So come on up, Steph. You may have heard me talk about this already on Vision Sunday, but we have an opportunity and really invitation to, as I was sitting and listening to the invitation to come to Jesus, this is the invitation 
to go with Jesus. And one of the things that really has always, always drawn me to God and has um, just been transformational in my life is that it's not sequential. It's not come to Jesus for a really long time, learn from Jesus, sit with Jesus. One day, far off into the future, when you're so transformed that you're ready, you can go with Jesus, but that it's really as we're being transformed, as we get to be with Jesus, as he's with us, we get to already walk with him and go um, and love others. So our mission is to love like Jesus. We get to do that not on our own, but with him. Um, and we have our first in a few years mission trip this year. Um, it really is a gift. This is a unicorn. It's the thing that came together, the things, all the boxes that we wanted were ticked off in this one opportunity. It's not too far. It's not just for one group of us. It's something where it's the other piece of this, we all get to go together. There's, is it up here? No, there's a, there's a bit of info. We'll get more out to you, but um, most everyone can go. There's the youngest kiddos that wouldn't want to go probably anyway that will leave at home, but it is something that is not a youth trip. It's not a family trip. It's something for all of us. We'll be um, having opportunity for three days in June, June 29th to 27th to the 29th, sorry, to go and serve in, I like to think of it as three, there, yeah, it there you go. That's three, my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> three days in three states. It's an opportunity to see a little bit of what God is already doing in Pennsylvania, just out or just in Philadelphia. Um, we'll have opportunity likely to go down to Wilmington and then opportunity to go over to Camden. Um, here's the ask and the opportunity now is put this on your calendar. Ask for Thursday, Friday off. It's two days that are work days, hopefully, if you're not working on a Saturday. Um, and chat with your kiddos, talk to your family members, see if it's something you all can and want to do together. I'm just excited. Like this is the dream, right? To get to go almost like on vacation with all of y'all, um, close to home, um, spend time together and spend time together serving and learning and seeing a little bit of what God is already doing in those areas. We, as a church, from what I'm hearing from all of y'all, have a, have a long history of missions and service and really wanting to, to make an impact. And we get to do that and we get to see what a lot of good folks are already doing not too far um, from here. So just, yeah, see if God is nudging you to not just respond to him to come, but also to go with him. Um, and we'll have much more info coming out soon because as I'm realizing when I look at my calendar, June is not that far off. <laughs> so that's that. Thanks, Steph. I just want to land here. Uh, there is a surprising passage that I found in Exodus. This is, what's going on is uh, Moses had just led the people of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea. Uh, they're at Mount Sinai. He goes up the mountain. There's this clamor and the, in, in the like, presence of God on the mountain, they're building an idol, a golden calf. And uh, there's, there's conversation that ensues afterward. Uh, and, but Moses is pretty burnt out. Like, uh, you, you can say, how am I supposed to, he's saying things like, how am I supposed to lead these people? God says something so profound. Uh, well, first, Moses says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. This is the yoke. 
so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Guess what I want to just drive home is that the real place that you can find rest is in the presence of God. And this is a presence that we orient our lives around, but also a presence that leads us because that presence was represented as a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke that rested on the tabernacle. But from time to time, it would move. And people would have to pack up everything they owned and do something that was a little bit uncomfortable, like even walking through the wilderness to an uncertain place to do uncertain things, to take a risk, but knowing that they were following the presence of God, the only place. Now remember, these are slaves coming out of Egypt, and God had just given them like the law, like the, the summary of the way that he had designed life to go. They knew that there was life in those words and that there was life in the presence of God. So I'm going to invite you right now to come and receive communion. This is one of those places where we remind ourselves that we are invited to the table of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.